0: If you would like to, you can open up your scripture. Uh, Today we're going to be taking John chapter 20 verses about 1 through 18 or so as our references. But I'll be referencing other part of the scripture as well um, so that you can kind of get a full flavor. I have three questions for you to think about as we go through the scriptures today. First is, what do you believe? What do you believe personally? No, 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 no. Don't go down the path. Well, my mom and dad thinks this. My grandma and grandma told me this. And, and uh, my uncle told me this. And my auntie told me this. And, and I think my brothers think this. No, no, no. Don't think about your brothers, your sisters, anybody. I want you to stop and think. What do you personally believe? The second question is, who do you believe in? Who do you believe in? Do you believe in God Almighty? The Trinity? God the Father? God the Son? God the Holy Spirit? Do you believe? Or do you believe more in what man or woman has written about God? You don't understand, Pastor. I listen to this other pastor every Sunday, and I listen to this guy, and I listen to her, and I listen to this. I listen to about 20 a week. That's fine, as long as they're teaching the Word of God and not the philosophies of men and not the worldly aspect of things. Do Do you trust what the Word of God says, or do you trust what the talking heads say? On, on TV. Who do you believe in? And the third question. Is your belief life changing? Or is it just an outward cleanup? I watch this show and she tells me I can and, or he tells me I would have more power and influence of life. And, and if I would do the following changes outwardly in my life, I wear the suit, that will make influence on people. If I get a certain haircut, or a certain title to my position, or if I drive a certain car, or if I hang out at certain places, or I belong to certain clubs, then that's the life-changing that they, these, these talking heads tell me, and that's supposed to help me have influence. Or I will get gain. I'll make the money. Those are the three questions for you today. What do you believe? Who do you believe in? And is your belief life changing inwardly? Have you been changed by that relationship with that person? And based on what that person believes or what he is teaching, do you believe that? And you know who I'm talking about. Jesus Christ. God Almighty. It's about his day. It's a story about his resurrection today. Do you realize all the other religions out there, all their gods are dead. But our God, the one we follow, the one we believe what he says. He's the word. And it has been life changing inward to my inner man. Has been changed so radically since I started that relationship with him. That anyone else in comparison is not even come close to what Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. My Messiah has done for me Personally. So as we look at this, remember, Friday was was a good Friday, they say. Have you really pondered on that? That Friday was a good Friday? Why was that good? Jesus went to the cross and died for your sins. How could that be good? But it is a good Friday. Why? Because out of his love for you, he went to the cross on that Friday instead of you. That makes it a very good Friday for you and I. Did you you celebrate that? Have you ever really pondered on the fact that God himself went to the cross and died for you? Because he loves you that much. So Jesus died on the cross at Calvary over 2,000 years ago just for you and for me. We see in Jesus said in John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Love. Resurrection on... Resurrection from the dead on this Sunday. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Jesus conquered sin... And death. Do you know that's the two greatest enemies for you and I? Is sin and death? Apart from him, you and I should fear the sin and fear death because we know there's a consequence and a penalty for that. The sin that can ravage a man or a woman's life inwardly through their lifespan. From the the little dash between two dates. Sin can ravage a person's life. And then death comes. And the death will be the death of eternal separation from God. Now, if you're a non believer here today, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're just kind of playing the religion, you know, and you don't have a personal relationship. A lot of times I used to believe that death meant it would be all over with and I won't have to put up with the stuff in this world anymore. And then I came to the knowledge of understanding of what death it means. And that means you will live separated from God's presence and anything that represents of God, which is anything good and right and just or anything. You'll be completely separated from all good and nothing but suffering and, and and pain and suffering and tears and weeping and crying and gnashing of teeth and complete darkness because there's no light. And you know the scriptures. You can go back to scripture and read those scriptures of what the definition is of the separation from God. We call death and being in hell for eternity. Now, if you really understood that, who would ever in their right mind would want that? But that's not what God offers you from his resurrection, is it? The good news is he gives you and I eternal life. For eternity to have nothing but light. No more suffering, no more pain, no more of confusion or wandering aimlessly. But we would have tremendous hope versus no hope. The, the, The comparison is no comparison. They're complete opposite of the spectrum, but that's what Jesus is offering to every single person who is He creates. Is the choice between eternal life or, because we're born sinners, the path we are on to death. But He made a way says, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Even non-believers have heard that statement. They just don't believe it. Do you believe it? Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe what Jesus said, he himself said out of his own lips. And because of that knowledge and understanding, has that changed you internally, made a decision to follow him the rest of your life? To surrender all to him? It should. Now as we take a look at this, you know the story. After he was raised from the dead on that, he you know, he... A couple of things. First of all, No one killed Jesus. You know that, right? He gave up his life freely and willingly for you and I. And And then God himself, the power of God, raised him from the dead, just like he said that would happen. In the Old Testament and even spoken by himself in the New Testament. Now, it's interesting is after his resurrection, we know he was on earth for 40 days. Did you know that? 40 days he lived on this earth in his resurrected body. And people saw him. We see 10 occurrences where he, through the scriptures where we see that he was among the people. We see that Sunday morning that we will read through three occurrences. Three appearances, clearly as can be. And by the afternoon, he met the two men on the road of, uh, on, to Emmaus. He met two men there. He, again, his, his fourth appearance. And then that Sunday evening, he had the fifth appearance. Remember when he showed up and everyone was there except for Thomas? And the door was closed, but that didn't stop him from going through the wall. Because in our resurrected bodies, we'll be able to do things we cannot do today. I can't wait for that. Next time you want to get across town and you're late. No worries. And then we see the following Sunday, him reappearing to those all 11 apostles. Thomas is there in that next following Sunday. And then the following 32 days, while he was still on this earth, before he ascended into heaven to be on the right-hand side of the Father, we see the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, and the tenth appearance before he and his disciples saw him on the Mount of Olives and as the disciples watch him ascend right in front of their eyes. What an amazing view that would have been. the resurrection of Jesus Christ do you realize as a christian that this right this day this this moment when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, from the dead is everything that is our core to our christian belief did you know that it is absolutely central foundation. And because of that element, that core element of our belief, if you do not believe that, you're not able to call yourself a Christian because you go against the scriptures. And why do I say that? Because all of you are here are probably Christians, and you're sitting and saying, of course I believe that. That's why I'm here. But let me give you a sad, sad news to you. There are many religions and, that call themselves Christians that do not believe that. They believe Jesus died, but they do not believe he rose from the dead. They believe he was a good man and a teacher and he died, but he wasn't God. There are some who don't even believe he was real. It was just made up. And these are Christians that, and they come to church every Sunday. Or at least their CEOs, Christmas, Easter, and other special occasions. So we don't want to take it for granted, my brothers and sisters, that everyone who calls themselves Christians knows the scripture because they don't. Because most churches today do not study the entire word of God. Ask your friends. When's the last time they heard the teaching in Genesis? Genesis. All. All of Genesis. How about Revelation? How about Romans? How about all four Gospels? The entirety. Every single verse. Every single chapter. All 66 books. When's the last time they heard all the teachings of that? You will be amazed. that your brothers and sisters and maybe you have not gone through and learned and studied the word of God all for all 66 books i want to encourage you and challenge you this year read the entire word of god go and read and study the word because as we take a look at the gospels we see the start of accounts this This Sunday morning, this resurrection Sunday, Jesus is risen. And everything about Jesus' death and resurrection was very unique. Remember, he was betrayed by a friend, Judas, at the start of this? Do you remember the unique rejected by his people? The ones who followed him and then turned around and turned on him and rejected him? How about the silence that Jesus kept before his accusers and said nothing? But then turned around and did what? Forgave them. For Father, they do not know what they do. And then, someone rise from the dead? And it didn't stop there. Because look at the uniqueness of the story here of the events that took place here. In John chapter 20 verse 1 it says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now if you know the culture at that time, the last person you would have or would ever be allowed to go to court or to speak as a witness was a woman at that time. But God uses uniquely uses the women as the very first witnesses of his resurrection. Very first. We don't have time to go through. What God had done in the lives internally, what life-changing event that took place in Mary Magdalene's life or in all the Mary's and all the other women. Incredible changed internal life of their their life internally. Radical changes. These women loved Jesus. But here's the challenge in their minds. They're sitting there going, our Savior, our Jesus has died. He was buried. We saw it. We're coming back now. This morning, this before the sun was even risen, it was still dark, and and they knew the stone was laid over that tomb's door. How are they going to get in there? And they knew that the Romans, because of the religious leaders, said, "Seal that, put that stone in place, and put a Roman seal on it, and then put guards there so no one would touch that body." You know the story foolproof, proof, guaranteed. No way this is gonna. No one's gonna take this body of Jesus, because the religious leaders knew if they stole that body, they would claim that he had risen from the dead, and they would really have a problem on their hands. But we see here that the apostles affirmed that the women were indeed these first witnesses, because that is really is what's happening here in the story of redemption. Remember. We saw that barren women giving birth. We have seen the waters parting. We see boys taking down giants. And God does this unexpected moment here. And he uses these women to be witnesses in this Jewish culture to spread the gospel and to share the gospel to the disciples. Those men that were still not there at that morning with these women. These women were coming to do, to, to prepare his body. We just came back from Israel, and one of the key things that's really striking that most people don't realize. When they carve out and they put the bodies into that tomb, they put the, they make they carve out, and it's a, usually a very small little window or door, and you have to kind of get down low and get the body in there, and you've got to get inside there, and the, then they roll the stone over. But once you're in there, and we believe we're at the tomb site that Jesus was laid you see a little spot there where they prepared the body. They wrapped it in the, the cloth, the linen, and with the, with the spices and all the, the embalmment kind of stuff that they put around that to, to keep the, the stench down and to help the body to decay kind of a thing. And they placed it. And in this tomb, Joseph's tomb, that they borrowed, uh, there was two spots, one on the left and one on the right. And we know by scriptures, based on the, 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 uh, the, the account, some of them didn't go all the way in there, so you wouldn't have saw the spot on the right-hand side. If you were there like we were, you looked in, all you can see is the left-hand side, so you know that's where he was, he was probably laid because of the scripture. They didn't see him, but they saw the cloth on the left-hand side over there, right? Just as you were looking the door but the body was buried there allowing to decompose and once it decomposed they took the bones and they took it out into the graves that you saw you see if the, if you see Jerusalem on top there's these big stone white whitewashed tombstones and they roll this huge stone top off and they put the bones in there with the rest of the other family members bones and put the top back on that is how they preserve the bones long term but they use that tomb over and over For each generation or for each of the family members. But he wasn't there, was he? We know that Jesus took those women. That people, the men or the society at the time would not have listened to their stories. They would have just not even accounted for it because they were women. That's how the culture saw them. But Jesus went against that society of norms. He says, I'm going to show and use these women to share the, the truth of now of absolute equality between man and woman. And this is how I see it and will be forevermore. And he uses them to go and to spread the gospel. We know in Luke chapter 24, verse 1, that certain other women were with them in this, and came to the tomb bringing these spices and preparing to roll the stone away. I don't know if these women thought. Okay we could take these two Roman guards. And, and we'll just overpower them. Because we're women. I assure you those men could have taken those women out. They had the swords and every, all the training accomplished. to Even those women. We're not going to get through that tomb. Because you know this, You know the his, history. If a soldiers did not accomplish to protect that, that any mission. They would be immediately killed. For, not, uh, for allowing the enemy to get through. So that wasn't going to happen. I don't know if they thought they would talk him into it. Roll back the stone to go in there and put, finish putting the spices on the body of Jesus. But they did not believe he was going to be raised from the dead on that third day. They had a lot of emotion. They had a lot of 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 desire to go worship him even in his dead state but what they didn't understand was he is alive they were they did not believe what he said that he would rise on the third day they were almost there in their belief They, they 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 loved him but they didn't fully believe what who he was and what he was about to do until that morning when they showed up and they looked and they saw that the tomb was opened. Right there in verse chapter 20, verse 2. Then he, she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Well, between these two verses, a lot of things have happened. So you have to go back to Luke chapter 24 over in Matthew to get the accounts that took place here. Because when they showed up, guess what? who else was there? When they went in, in Luke chapter 24, verse 3... When they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Jesus, And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. this behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth. They said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee. Saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And then there in Luke twenty four ten, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the other mother of James, and the other women with them, who told these things to the apostles. Here and so back here in John chapter twenty verse two, they take off running to go find the disciples. They now believe, fully believe and understand that Jesus is God and he was raised from the dead. He's no longer there. They now remember things that he was telling them. They weren't getting it the first time. Has that ever happened to you? Where God has shown you in his word something, but then six months, a year later, all of a sudden you read that scripture again and you go, I don't, I remember hearing that. My mom, my dad, my grandma, my grandpa have been telling me about Jesus my whole life. And I didn't really hear them until just now. I heard God speak to me and say, who he is. Isn't that amazing how God does that? So sure enough, they ran off. They came across Simon Peter. Peter! Peter! And the other disciple, the other disciple in John's uh, gospel here is, guess who? John himself. So the ladies show up, and there's Peter, and there's John. And they are just probably talking a mile a minute. You won't believe us when we tell you. Because they're used to not being listened to. But what happened here? We know in Luke chapter 24, verse 11... They thought they were just idle talkers. You're just rambling, women. What, what are you talking about? You're not making sense to us. Well, get, because their mindset was that Jesus is dead. Jesus, and They didn't th- believe that Jesus was arose from the dead. They didn't get up in the morning and rush to the tomb with any even anointing oil. But we see here in John chapter 20, verse 3, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, which is John... And we're going to the tomb. Even though they thought these ladies were idle talkers. They were just rambling and just hysterical and emotional. And what do you think? They knew enough. They better go to the tomb and check it out themselves. And sure enough, verse 4. So they both ran together. And the other disciple, John of course, outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. So he had to be on the left-hand side of the tomb because I was there. We were there. We looked in. You could not see the right side. The only could see the left side. So he looks in there, and he sees just the linen. The word saw here in the original language means he's just curious, and he's just kind of going, I don't know what I'm about to see in here. But I'm sure he didn't want to see a dead body. But he knew enough just to kind of, just quizzically going to look in. That's what that word saw here means. And he saw linen, cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Why did he not go in? Would you should go in by yourself? <laughs> Would you go in by yourself? I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're like, things are not right, you're like, I think I'll just stay here. But what happens here? Look at this. In verse 6, then Simon Peter came and following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there. Now, Peter's showing up. You know Peter. Bold Peter. Maybe John was like, okay, I'm going to wait until Peter shows up. I bet you Peter was a big man, big fisherman, man. He got the muscles. He got the He got the bill. If anything's going to happen, I want Peter next to me. Whatever stopped John from going in, it didn't stop Peter going in and checking it out himself. And that word right there in verse 6, saw, means investigate. Not just quizzical like John, but I'm going to figure out and investigate. That's that word there. Now it's getting more intense. And then, of course, you know what John did once Peter went in there. <laughs> John felt, oh, you know, just you know, comfortable here. In verse twenty, chapter twenty, verse seven, he says, "And the handkerchief had been uh, been around his head, Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself." Now we know in the other gospel, Matthew chapter 28, verse 6, we find a little more detail of what it looked like in the tomb. It says, Jesus had passed through the grave clothes and left them behind as evidence that he was alive. They, They lay there like an empty cocoon. There was no sign of struggle. The grave clothes are not in disarray. Even the napkin... Was wrapped or folded. Remember? So, what they did is they put a cloth over the, the face of the body, wrapped the clothes. So, here, imagine looking in, and people's theories is that people got past the guard somehow, or they paid off the guards, and, and they got all kinds of false things you, you come up with. And that these grave stealers, or whoever stole the body, went in there and took the body. See, if anyone knows how to steal or anything to that effect, you never walk into a house and keep it perfectly tidy. You make a ranch shack of that house to take whatever you want to take. It's a you walk into a house that's been ran, who's been broken into. It's never tidy. It is a ranch sack. But here's the cloth. It was like the body just went out from underneath it and it just laid the cloth just laid there except the cloth and the face. It didn't just, just fall down. Jesus picked it up, folded it, and put it in a completely different place than where the face would have been to make a note that I am alive, and I did this. No one did this to me. I am in complete control. I am the risen God. I am your Savior. I am alive what happens? We find here in the scriptures. Verse 8 of John 20. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first. Oh boy, John really wanted to make sure he we all know that he came first. Went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. John then entered the tomb and looked at the evidence and he saw and believed. So John now goes in and he sees what Peter sees and they now believe. Why right here? I love verse 9. Notice the wording here. For as yet they did not know the Scripture. But while now they now know the Scripture. How? Because... The scripture is alive. Jesus, the word of God, is alive. And that he must rise again from the dead. They believe that he rose from the dead. That is only by how? Hearing the scripture. Seeing the scripture come alive. Why would you and I... Avoid the scripture. If that is how God reveals things to you and I. Why in our right mind would we avoid the scripture? We wouldn't. Of course we're going to want to know the scripture. When John wrote this account... And he, we see this intensity of a quizzical, I wonder what's going on in there, to I'm going in there to investigate kind of look, to now a look and a saw and I believed. That is a change internally. What do they believe? Did he rise from the dead? Do I believe that Jesus is the Messiah who would be ris- would rise from the dead? And if when they believed that, what happened? There was a change internally to that person. Peter and John were changed at that moment. Amazing, isn't it? A life-changing event right there. The scripture coming alive to them. And, and, and Jesus wasn't there wasn't at that moment Jesus wasn't there to tell him hey guys where have you been I've been sitting here on the edge here playing with my napkin waiting for you to show up he wanted them to experience exactly what he wanted them to experience and for you and I because you and I cannot go to that tomb I was there we were there he wasn't in the tomb But that doesn't stop us from being able to believe, does it? Because the scripture has come alive for you and I. That is why we believe by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. That's how you're saved. That's how there's a change internally to one's life. It continues here. John chapter 20, verse 10 says, Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? and she said to them because they have taken away my lord and i do not know where they have laid him now keep in mind peter and john have now left the scene the ladies are now coming back to the scene they don't know what happened they're just knowing that jesus is no longer there they said they think someone's took the body and the two angels are still there and they reveal themselves to these women And verse 14, now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. I don't know why. Why didn't they know the other account when the two guys were walking to it on the road of Emmaus? Why didn't they know that was Jesus until he spoke? In verse 15, and Jesus said to her, Woman, Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Which is a great question. Who do you seek? A dead God? An idol? Or the living Savior, the living Lord, Jesus Christ? Who do you seek? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And then Jesus said to her, Mary, oh, when God says your name, Mary, she turned and said to him, I, which is to say teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father and to go to my God and your God. And sure enough, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews. That's what was consuming their mind. The Jews were coming to get them. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Who's the peace? Jesus himself. It's not that inner qual peace that people talk about today where you're staring at your navel and, and emptying of yourself. It is Jesus himself coming into your presence, living within you. Peace is with you. He didn't say it's some feeling. It is him himself. That is the true peace. And apart from him, you will never have him who's the peace. But he says to him, peace to you. But when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Do you know when we go to heaven we will see his hands and his feet where those nails pierced him that will be an amazing sight will I see this will I see those before he engulfs me in a big hug or after the hug and then I get to see I don't care I'm going to see them either way And Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Oh, oh, oh. oh, he just breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Do you remember the day when you were born again when God breathed on you and you received the Holy Spirit to seal you for eternity the guarantee of your eternal life with God and if you forgive the sins of any they are forgiving them and if you retain the sins of any they are retained do you know that you've been forgiven we must also forgive others. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him we have seen the, the Lord so he said to them unless I see his hands and the print of the, the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails or and put my hand into, into his side I will not believe. Oh Thomas there are some personalities who say, "Unless I can figure this all out and mathematis- mathematically figure this equation now and blah blah, I, unless I can touch and feel, I'm not going to believe that." Oh, I hope that's not you. That's not faith. But like Thomas, watch this. If you're a Thomas, watch this. There's hope for you. Watch this. He says. And after eight days, remember, it's now the next, the following Sunday, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. And then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, "I, Lord, my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And that believing you may have what? Life in his name. Oh, how many people will tell you they're a Christian. Oh, how many people will tell you the story of going to church their whole life with grandma and grandpa. Because they knew they would get the spoon if they didn't show up with grandma and <laughs> Many were told they were going to go. And many still today will say, I believe in God. But when you say, who do you believe in? Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the Messiah? That is when you see who truly has a personal relationship with him or not. The name of Jesus separates it separates. It's it's the line. The line that you need to be on is on the line the side of knowing Jesus Christ personally, that He is the Messiah that was promised. He is the Son of God who came, God in the flesh, who came and took on a body like you and I. He's the one that went to the cross willingly and it was his mission from the very beginning to go to the, to the Mount of Calvary to that cross to die for the sin of the world. He is the one you believe in that was rose from the dead on the third day and now has ascended into heaven and stands at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for you. When you say I am all alone. No one cares. And no one knows what I'm going through and how I feel and all these things. You you need to believe today that God knows all about you. And knows everything you're going through. And if you will just spend time with him, you too will have the peace that he can only give you. He will give you the strength for you to get through it. He doesn't promise you from things. He promises to walk with you through those things. Do you believe? Do you believe? And do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? Do you believe that he rose from the dead on the third day and lives? The question is, That belief changes a person internally. Have you been changed? And are you willing to let God change you? Historical faith. If you have historical faith, the historical faith of what your grandparents or your mom and dad told you only, then you will say, yes, Christ lives. But if you have a saving faith, a saving faith says Christ lives in me. Do you have a saving faith? Do you believe that God lives within you? Have you been born again?